Please note, this episode contains mentions of child abuse and violence towards women. Listener discretion is advised. Natchez, Mississippi is home to many stories, legends, and mysteries that are still unsolved today. At the heart of it is one of the oldest establishments this side of the Mississippi River, and hidden in its walls are spirits who just can't seem to rest. Hey, have you heard about King's Tavern? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? Um, I'm, I pause because I'm talking to a new microphone net right now, and it's very weird, but welcome back. Um, I am here today joined by my friend, Phoebe. Hi. Phoebe and I go way back. <laughs> Best of friends. Um, so a few things before we get started into the episode. First of all, if you're new here, welcome. Hello. How this works is basically we, I get a guest and I tell them a story, whether it's true crime, a ghost story, or something like conspiracy theory-ish, and hopefully they've never heard of it. And so you get authentic, real reactions from the guests, you know, questions, all that sort of stuff. So today we actually have a ghost story. Which is a little bit off-brand, because normally I like to save ghost stories and conspiracy theories to, like, the five-number episodes, so, like, the 10th, 5th, 15th, 20th, all that sort of stuff. But we had a special episode last month, and I wanted to make sure to get that out first. But, so here we are with the ghost story on episode 16, I think. I think it's 16. Anyway. Um, We have a Twitter So if you want to follow that Twitter, I constantly update it um, with, you know, information about the episodes, updates, um, all that sort of fun stuff, clues about upcoming episodes. It's really fun. You can follow it on, like I said, Twitter. That's going to be H-H-Y-H-A podcast. Uh, So yeah, just give it a follow, reach out. You know, we have fun over there. It's fun. We also have a merch store. Um, It's at teespring.com. So if you go to Teespring and search, hey, have you heard about, we have a lot of cool shirts, stickers, you know, pillows. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what we have. Uh, Hoodies, sweatshirts, phone cases, all sorts of stuff. And all the money made from the merch store goes straight to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They do great work over there. We want to support them as much as we can. So definitely go buy some merch. Uh, What else? We also have Patreon. Um... Obviously, podcasting is, uh, you know, a lot. Sometimes it can get a little bit expensive. So I set up a Patreon to help out with some of those expenses. Um, If you want to donate to the Patreon, you'll get weekly updates from me that go a little bit more in depth than on the Twitter. Um, At certain tiers, you get behind the scenes things, you know, talking about how the research is going, pictures from my notes, um, any videos I come across that are kind of interesting. That's at, I think, the third and fourth tier. And then, of course, you always get episodes a day earlier than other people if you become a patron. So definitely check that out if you want to directly support the show. Okay, that's enough of all of that. (laughs) Sorry, I need to get through all of that. Okay, so... Before we get into the nitty-gritty, I usually like to start out with some 
Good News. So I always go to goodnewsnetwork.org. They have a bunch of cute little, you know, articles and pictures and stuff. So today, our good news is the article is titled, Nine-Year-Old Boy with Dyslexia Uses His Superpower to Make John Cena Portrait Out of Rubik's Cubes. So it's really cute. I'm going to throw it up on the um, Apple TV we have here. So, Phoebe, you can see. It's really cute. I heard all those words, and I thought I knew it was, what we're, where it was going, <laughs> but every sentence was different. a little different, yeah. Okay, so there's the, there's the Rubik's Cube portrait. Obviously, it's kind of hard to see because the article title is in the way. But that's kind of what he's been doing, um, this cute little boy. There it is better, if you can see it. Definitely check out the article, y'all. It's going to be in the show notes if you want to give it a read. But, yeah, I think it's super cute. Anyways, so this boy, his name is Benjamin Russo, and he's from Canada, and he has dyslexia, as the article says in the title, Um, and I just thought this article was super cute because I feel like kids with, you know, dyslexia and ADHD and all that that don't really get positive attention usually in media, so I thought it was really cute to see you know, a positive sort of thing happening for this little boy. Um, but apparently he used 750 Rubik's Cubes. 750? 750 in order to make this portrait of John Cena. Um, he said that it took five hours for him to do it total, which is crazy, because I don't know, Rubik's Cubes are really hard. (laughs) Um, but it took him five hours to do the portrait, and over the course of, like, three weeks. And y'all, the picture that they post, this portrait is pretty big. It's impressive. It, like, is the size of, like, a table, I would guess. Like, that's a rough estimate. A like, a small table. table. Or, yeah, like a, like a square kitchen table or something like that. Um, but it took him, like I said, five hours over the course of three weeks. His mom says that he can solve one side of a Rubik's Cube within one second. So, like... That's crazy. Because, again, Rubik's Cubes are really hard. <laughs> the last time I tried a Rubik's Cube, I didn't finish it. Yeah, it's so... Oh, <laughs> I gave up. This boy. Good job, Benjamin. I'm really proud Good of job. you. Good um, job. His mom also said that, of course, because he has dyslexia, he struggles to read and write, but he excels in things like memorization and copying patterns, which is why he's so good at doing, like, the Rubik's Cube thing. So I thought that was really cool. I always think it's cool when kids, like, have something that they struggle with, you know, like, whether it's dyslexia or, like I said, ADHD or, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, the one where, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, like, dyslexia but with math. Dysgraphia. Yes, that one. Yeah, that one. Um, kids always tend to just excel in other areas, and I feel like that's not really talked about a lot, which is, again, why I liked this article. I thought it was cute. Um, so Benjamin actually made a video and posted it online of him making the portrait and, like, completing it and everything. And one thing in the video that, um, he said, or was written on, like, a big note card, um, it said, dyslexia is not my disability, dyslexia is my superpower. And I just thought that was really cute. cute. I thought that was super (laughs) cute. Okay, so Benjamin Russo, congratulations, you did a really cool thing. I'm sure, I don't know if John Cena has seen it, but, like, that'd be really cool. It would. I bet, I bet he's seen it. Maybe he's seen it. I don't know. 
John, John Cena is like one of those celebrities who's really good. Yeah, I about like John responding Cena. Responding to fans, he's super chill. You know, isn't he the celebrity that has like the most Make a Wish grants? I think I, I remember either. I know he does a lot with it, anyways. So yeah, props to you, John Cena. Good job, John Cena. We appreciate you and everything you do. Um, okay, so that's enough good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, onto the bad. News. We're done with that. Okay, so. Like I said at the beginning, Phoebe and I go way back, and I'm talking like ten years. Yeah, like or middle more. school. You know, we knew each other in elementary school. We did. It's like crazy, you know. So we've been through each other's ups and downs when it comes to cringy things that we like. <laughs> um, Tumblr was a big thing wait, back wait. in the day. You said a ghost story. Is this gonna be about Danny Phantom? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that. We went to get lunch today. And we were talking about Danny Phantom. It's a good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> a good show um no it's not about danny phantom i wish it were but no drat <laughs> um, no but we, we we've uh seen each other in our cringy phases and like our weird phases and it's like hiding my face you know um but this was probably like a few years back when i was obsessed with this guy can i expose us how we really met sure we played warrior cats together <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that and that's when we started to bond. Oh God, Warrior Cats! <laughs> leave a leave a review on this episode if you remember Warrior Cats. Um, Tell us what clan you'd be in. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if they were like war- never mind. That's another thing. I'll talk about. Maybe I'll talk about it one day. Um, but so uh, this actually was like a few years ago when I got obsessed with this guy. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the show Ghost Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> very popular on the travel <laughs> channel and the host of it his name is zach bagans it was zach bagans like, well i it's i would call him zach bagans because i didn't want to like say his name because i was always worried i'd like summon him <laughs> so fair. i would call him zach bagans and then it, i learned that it was bagans so i had to call him zach bagans now um but it's spelled like bagans just in my opinion um so yeah, there was a time a few years ago when I was obsessed with Zach Bagans, and I somehow got our friend group sort of obsessed with Zach Bagans as well. It's the lower back tattoo. Yeah, ugh, the lower back <laughs> tattoo. Um, this is the segue, I promise. This episode is not just going to be about Zach Bagans. But he's the host of Ghost Adventures, which I watched religiously, and I think I made y'all watch several episodes when you came over at one point. You... I know you would send clips to the group chat. I know, because it'd be so... Like, I would watch it ironically. I started ironically at first, and then I became, like, obsessed. That's how they get you. I know. It's how... <laughs> it's how they got me to The Bachelor. I started out, <laughs> I started out as a non-believer, and then Zach Bagans came into my life, and I was like, well... Could you say you saw his face? Oh, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Anyways, um, so this location that we're about to talk about actually came up on Ghost Adventures, and this was how I first found out about it, was with the Ghost Adventures episode. And I'll never forget it, because it took place in Mississippi. They were here, in Mississippi at one point, at this location, which is not that far from where we are, honestly. Um, and I'll never forget the last of the episode, like the last five minutes, um, there was a section of it where... Zach Bagans talked about how the town they were in was destroyed by a tornado shortly after they left. And his 
his claim was that they had angered the spirits at this location (laughs) and the tornado was how the spirits punished those in the town or something like like it was weird um but it made me laugh and that's sort of what showed it's what introduced me to this ghost story slash haunted location so that was a really long segue but now we're here (laughs) so hey phoebe have you heard about king's tavern i haven't you haven't okay Ooh. okay so I know last episode was also about Mississippi, but I'm discovering there's a lot of weird things that happen around here, so I'm sorry. Um, The state has bad juju. It does have bad juju, uh, as Mississippians we know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, okay, so yes, King's Tavern. It is an actual tavern located in Natchez, Mississippi. So Natchez, back in the day, was like one of Mississippi's most popular cities, one of the country's most popular cities. I'm just giving y'all some background so you can kind of like get a vibe, you know, catch my vibe. Here we go. So Natchez um, was basically the equivalent pretty much of New York back in the 1800s. So it was pretty big, pretty popular. It's where all the rich people went to live, all that sort of stuff. So King's Tavern was there. Um... Natchez is the starting point for the Natchez Trace, which was a huge highway at the time. Not a highway highway, but, like, for goods and stuff. You get, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's still, like, protected. It's a trail that'll take you up to Memphis on it. Uh, Nashville. Nashville. I think. Yeah, Nashville. I think it goes from Natchez to Nashville, I'm pretty sure. Somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah, somewhere in Tennessee. But it starts in Natchez. It goes up, up, you know, to Tennessee and all the states up there. And that was how a lot of things got to the South was through the Natchez Trace. So that included cotton, you know, tobacco, what have you. Slaves, of course, were huge thing in Natchez. I think there was actually, like, a lot of auctions in Natchez as well for slaves. I mean, I think part of the reason why Jackson is the capital of Mississippi was because they didn't want the slave owners in Natchez to hold the power. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that would make sense to me, because Jackson is... Uh, Jackson is Jackson. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's kind of what Natchez, Mississippi was like back in the day. Um, it also, like I said, is home to King's Tavern, which is has the lovely um, title or subtitle as being one of the most haunted locations east of the Mississippi River. So when I say ghosts are like a huge thing in King's Tavern, I mean they're a huge thing. Like you can date ghost hauntings happening back to the 1700s. Ooh. I know. It's very ooh. And we'll get into that. That's going to be our big finale. Ooh. Is who that ghost is. Um so yes, it's it's um it's pretty spooky over there. I've never been personally. I would love to go to King's Tavern. I've tried to get my friends to go, but they never want to go. I'll go with you. Let's do it. Hey King's Tavern owners, if you are listening, please invite me. I would love to go. You know, it's pretty spooky. Yeah. I like spooky things. Um, if Zach ba- uh, Bagans can go, I can go too. Um, okay, so, sorry, getting back into the history of things. Um, King's Tavern was built, I got two different dates for this, but I'm going with the one that I heard most. It was built in 1789, um, and it was positioned at the very beginning of the Natchez Trace. So, like, the official beginning of the Trace is at the back door of King's Tavern. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's like, back in the day, it was the place where 
all the traitors ended up, where, you know, all the, everybody ended up at King's Tavern back when Natchez was a huge place to be, you know? Um, so like I said, Natchez was famous at the time for like, as a place to trade goods, and then of course became a popular location for the slave trade as the centuries wore on. Um, I believe the first owner was French. I'm pretty sure he was French. Or maybe he was Spanish. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, I'm pretty sure he was French. But he operated the tavern himself. His name was Mr. King. Just FYI. Um, he operated it for about 30 years before he stepped down as operator and it became something else. Um, so it has been a tavern. It's been a house. It's been a post office. It's been a barn. It's been a bed and breakfast. And right now it's a tavern as well as like a, a, a distillery. I watched an interview with the owner, the current owner, and he like says that you can buy the gin in any liquor store in Mississippi or something like that. Hmm. I want to try it out, but I didn't get a bottle for this episode. So here we are. <laughs> I got to drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm underage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Another That's the bigger thing. problem the bigger here. Problem there. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it's been it's gone through a lot of different hands. It's done a lot of different things. It's been used for a ton of things in Natchez. Um, thousands of people have gone in and out of it over the years. And if you are big into ghosts, you know that thousands of people gets the energy of the place going, which is why a lot of people think that um, you know it's still so active to this day. And it is very, very much active. Um, the people who've been there, the owner especially, say that hauntings are constant. So you have the classics, like people have said that they've been touched, they've seen things, they've heard the names of loved ones, followed by laughter, which was really creepy. Um, I rewatched the Ghost Adventures episode <laughs> for this. So, a bootleg version I found on YouTube. And, um, so there's a, there's this one section where Zach Bagans is interviewing, I think, a Mississippi-based ghost hunting group. And they said that they were here, or they were at King's Tavern one night doing research or whatever. And um, one of the members of the group on the EVP, which is like how you can hear ghosts talk, you basically take a recording and then the ghost can talk through it. And then you play it back and you hear what they say. Apparently the ghost said the name of his son and then laughed like, ha, ha, which is pretty creepy. That's kind of, mm. <laughs> skeevy. I don't know about that. I don't want that ghost. I don't want that ghost here. But, um, that's a little bit creepy. Anyway. Um, also things being moved. There's been a few instances where people have been eating, um, you know, at the bar, at the tavern, having a good time. And their plates have been thrown across the room. So... Food vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one instance where in an interview, in the interview with the owner, he said that he got security footage of the mini fridge behind the bar being opened up. And, you know, sometimes, like, those mini fridges, you got to tug on them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so he just, like, showed the video and it just, like, opened up so easily. Like, someone had just come up and just, like, pulled on it and just opened it up all the way. You know, maybe it's a ghost just getting some drinks. Yeah, he just... Trying to throw a ghost party. Oh, of course. Whatever. Yeah. Ghost parties are fun. I yeah. go to them all the time. <laughs> We've all read Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. 
having a fun time at a ghost party. Anyways, so this is kind of the things that sort of happen around Kingstown. And of course, it doesn't happen to everybody. You know, I have a friend who has family in Natchez, and she says that they've never experienced anything at the tavern, but... You maybe know. their vibes just aren't right. Maybe. You have to have good vibes in order to get messed with by the ghosts. Or maybe bad vibes. Maybe. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm not calling him Zach Baggins. His name is Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> and we... He has very bad vibes. He does have bad vibes. <laughs> Skeevy vibes. Um, okay, let's see. So, there's also... Legend says... Um, there has been a lot of deaths attributed to the spirits of King's Tavern. Um, for 150 years, it was initially, it was a family home to a particular family in Natchez. And three women who lived in the family all died of mysterious circumstances. Um, it was listed as natural causes, but that was only because at the time they didn't really have the I guess, medical know-how, how how to actually determine how they had died. But it's very weird. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I think they were all, like, the, the, um, is it matriarch? They were all the matriarchs of the family as well. And it was at different times of this family living in that tavern, which is very kind of weird. So when they say natural causes, do they mean, like... A heart attack or something like that? They, the owner was the one who talked about it and he was not very specific when it came. He just said that on their death certificates and during the, um, what is it called? Autopsy? Autopsy, yeah. Um, the coroner said, like, it was just natural causes. But he, he sort of implied that maybe something else had happened and, like, they just didn't have the know-how, like I said, to sort of determine what it was. Mm -hmm. So I maybe... I guess it would be either they probably died in their sleep or heart attacks or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think either way, you know, it's pretty suspicious that three women of sort of the same ranking ranking just die like that. Um, Are these ghosts misogynistic? They might be. I know at least one of them probably is, but we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that. Um, So... If you go up on the second and third floor, that is where a lot of the activity happens. Um, The first floor is the tavern, the bar, the restaurant where you can eat. The second floor used to be like a bed and breakfast type thing. It no longer is. Um, I don't think you can stay there anymore unless you are a ghost people investigating or something like that. Ooh, I want to get haunted. I want to get haunted. I want to get haunted there. Well, I'm sure. I think you can... You can still go up to the second floor, I know, because that's where they do a lot of their selling of, like, the gin, and, like, they have souvenirs, of course, because it's a historical building and, like, all that sort of stuff. So that's where their gift shop is on the second floor, and that's where a lot of people have reported sightings and hearing things and feeling things and that sort of stuff. Maybe these ghosts just don't like being marketed. Maybe. You know what? That's probably it. (laughs) If I were a ghost, I would hate that kind of. Like, if your likeness, or maybe not, like, specifically your likeness, but if my name is being put out there as a ghost, and I'm not getting a cut of this profit because I'm dead, <laughs> I'm gonna be angry. I'm, that's why ghosts cause so many shenanigans, is because they're not getting their money. But yeah, so the, the second floor is where the gift shop is, and they do a lot of, like, business stuff. And then the third floor, I'm pretty sure it, it might be, I, I don't think it's abandoned, but not a lot of people go up there anymore. And that's also where a lot of activity happens. 
um, is the third floor. Let's see, where do I want to go? Okay, so let's talk about, let's start with the third floor. Um, so on the third floor, guests who go up there and just hang out have reported hearing and seeing children running around, which is creepy. There's nothing creepier than like a child's laughter when you can't hear it and you're not expecting oh, it. Oh yeah, so people have heard kids' laughter up there. They've heard babies crying up there. Very weird things with children up there. Um, that stuff, like, actually freaks me out. Oh, yeah. I hear, like, in horror trailers, if they have, like, children singing, I'm like, probably too scary for me. Yeah, that's like, I don't want to do that. That's like, um, there's a movie coming out. I don't know if it'll be out by the time this episode comes out, but it's called The Turning. Have you seen trailers for it? No, but I am kind of a wimp. Oh. <laughs> so I usually, like, don't go out of my way I, to seek this stuff out. I keep getting trailers for it on YouTube, and it's, like, one of those unskippable trailers. I'm good with horror movies. Like, I love them. But if it has a kid, like, two creepy kids or something in the trailer, I can't handle it. And this has, like, the kid uh, from Stranger Things, like, the main character kid, boy. Mm -hmm. He's in it. And then, like, another little girl. And little girls are really scary. Mm -hmm. I'm just sharing my fears now. But, Especially like, when girls, they have ringlets. Yes, and I think she does in the film. Oh. But it's ooh. very creepy. I want to go see it, but I don't think I'd be able to handle it totally. Because kids just freak me out, man. Um, especially if they're creepy, and I think the kids in this movie are very, very creepy. Anyways, that's a segue, but we're back. They had... Okay, this is off topic, but kind of on topic. Mm -hmm. A John Oliver episode mentioned how, you know, kids could be, like, you have children singing and it's just automatically creepy. Mm -hmm. Like, if you slow it down, they had Frere Jacques, oh. however you say it. Frere Jacques. But, like, slowed down and, like, oh, with, like, like laughter in the background. Oh, 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 creepy. Oh, oh, oh. It's just too much. Um, but yeah, so that's the kind of things that people will hear on the third floor. There's also reported sightings, and this is really creepy as well, um, the legs of children, just the legs in mirrors and reflective surfaces up there. I don't like that. <laughs> I know. My worst fear is like getting up in the middle of the night and like going into my bathroom or something and just like turning on the light and seeing somebody stand behind me. That is too much for me to handle. <laughs> and this is what this, these people are seeing, is these legs of children. Um, which is bizarre. Ooh. So, um, there, as far as I know, there haven't been any reported deaths of, like, children on the third floor that I could find. I mean, probably there have been children who died in the house or the tavern because, like... Lots of people have been in there. Yeah, exactly. But, like... That what that's what makes it even creepier to me is like, well okay there's actually one death but we'll get into that coming up. Um, that's really creepy to me just like the fact that, as far as I know there haven't been any like records of children dying in the tavern and yet there's still like children running around. Well Natchez does have a lot of like, death in general. Yeah, that's true. When I was younger, my dad would like make us go to the churches where he would be preaching and. We spent a lot of time in places like, I think we were in Natchez, and there was one church that just, like, the graves, the graveside, graveyard, the graveyard yeah, yeah. just was, like, full of children's graves ugh, that had creepy. died of yellow fever. Ugh, ugh, ugh. No, maybe it was kids that died of yellow fever in the tavern. Yeah. Maybe the tavern, I don't know. I know a lot of people, a lot of places were used as, like, hospitals during, like, times of crisis like that in Mississippi, mm -hmm. I know for sure. 
Um, so maybe, like, during that, the tavern was used as, like, a place to help the children? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I know that there were a few places, like, taverns and churches that became hospitals during the Civil War. Yeah, so which maybe is why that's... they're not burned down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the... That's the... why they didn't burn down First Pres or church. Because oh! Because they used it as, like, a hospital I during the war. I didn't know that. That's interesting. It's in a different building now, but... Very interesting. We learned this during church history class. Well, I, I guess I didn't pay attention. <laughs> well, I started paying attention when they told us that they rang the bells to tell the city that we were seceding. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, but what? anyway. Excuse me, what? Continue. <laughs> we love it. Um, so yeah, so the third floor uh, is very pop. I mean, like, the kids go up there a lot. The, the ghost kids, not actual kids' kids. Um, there's also another ghost up there, but like I said, we're going to save her for the end. Um... So the second floor, like I said, is the gift shop. Um, this is what's interesting is that during the interview, the owner said that in addition to like the casual hauntings, I say casual, like they're not a big deal. <laughs> it's being haunted by a ghost. Um, the casual, typical hauntings, someone actually got possessed on the second floor. That's so cool. I, well, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of scary to me. But apparently this guy was, and it might be someone from Ghost Adventures, because I remember something similar <laughs> happening during an episode, so I can't tell if this okay, is real knowing or not. knowing Ghost but... Adventures, they were probably just making it up. They might have been. Um, but so, apparently, allegedly, a guy got possessed up there, and he was just sitting on the steps, completely catatonic, until his friends finally dragged him outside, and that's when he snapped out of it. Um, so are, like, the ghosts, like, bound to the tavern? I think that's kind of... I mean, I would think so, because, like, if he, like, snapped out of it when he went outside. Yeah. That would make sense. I feel like there are places in the world, especially, like, older places that are very, um... No, I'm sorry if you hear noises. My cat is crawling into boxes. Um, I feel like there are places in the world where tragedy or, like, a lot of things have happened at, like that ghosts or spirits get tied to, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the LaLaurie Mansion in, it's in New Orleans, right? Yeah, New Orleans. That woman who, like, kept all her slaves, like, locked up. And, like, tortured them. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I remember I going story. there. Gives yeah. me the creeps. I know. We were on a ghost tour, and it was a lot of fun. But the last stop was the LaLaurie Mansion, and I remember the energy and the vibes that I got just standing across the street from it. Oh, God, it was creepy. I, I mean, like, but it's like that. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like there are certain places where it's, like, there's so much energy and so much has happened there. Like, if you were a ghost, I feel like it'd be hard to leave, you know? Mm -hmm. So that might be King's Tavern because it is very haunted, as we're talking about. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? That's yeah. my theory. <laughs> That's my theory. A ghost theory. <laughs> um, anyways... Moving on from that. <laughs> so yeah, this guy was apparently catatonic. He was completely unresponsive until they finally took him outside. Um, and, you know, got him the help that he deserved. I guess. Um, police have also reported weird things happening on the second floor. Like, Natchez Police Department has gone by and said, like, something weird's happening here, I don't like it. Um, which I think is a pretty good you know, source, because police, I don't, I mean, police can sometimes be skeevy, but I don't think they would all collectively lie about 
a place being weird and creepy and haunted, you know? They have bigger things to lie about. They have bigger things to lie about, (laughs) exactly. Um, So police have reported that at random times in the night when nobody is there, the alarm will go off on the place, that like the motion sensor, and they'll go and check it out and nobody will be there, all the doors would be locked, you know, everything would be fine. Um, There was one police officer who was interviewed, and he said that there was one night where it looked like things were happening downstairs and stuff. You know, it was open. The bar was open. And he heard this weird old-timey music coming from the second floor. And he was like, he drove by, you know, nothing major. Didn't think it was an issue. just straight out of a book at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Be original. (laughs) Be original. Come on, ghosts. (laughs) Like, oh yes, I think I'll try this one today, Garçon. We'll play creepy music and yeah. just make it happen. Um, but he drove by thinking nothing of it, thinking they were having a party or something. Um, later on, he was still on duty and the alarm of the tavern went off. And so he went to go check it out with a partner. And when he went inside, he found that there was no way that music had been coming from the second floor. Like, there was no piano, there was no record player, there was no radio, there was nothing that could have been there that could be playing that music. Which is pretty creepy, if you ask me. Like, if I heard music coming from a place that's known to be haunted, I wouldn't go I simply there. would not go in. I simply would not. Them, yeah. But I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm unique. Normal people will scare me. Um... <laughs> So that, anyway. Normal ghosts scare me. Normal ghosts scare me. I play my music. I play the harpsichord and scare policemen. (laughs) Anyways. um, So that's like the second floor. This next story either happened on the second floor or the first floor. It's kind of, the different sources said different things. Um, So these are two, these are two fellas that I want to talk about in detail eventually. Two Two fellers. Um, back in the day, I want to say, like, 1800s, I'm pretty sure, um, there were these two fellas named the Harp Brothers, and a lot of people say that they are possibly America's first serial killers. Now, I know H.H. Holmes is is a thing, but, like I said in the H.H. Holmes episode, which, if you haven't heard it, check it out, it's really fun, it's a good episode, um... I would consider H.H. H. Holmes the first modern serial killer because he kind of made the whole thing efficient mm-hmm. in the way that serial killers work now. <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. You know, it wasn't as, like, Wild West serial killing as a lot of the serial killers were back in the day. He, he basically, like, industrialized it pretty much. You get what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Gentrifying serial killers. I guess so. I guess so. Wait, so how many people is it? Before you were considered a serial killer? Uh, I think it's like three. Okay. I could be wrong, but I think that's the number. Um, Because I know the Weepy Voiced Killer, which is another episode, definitely check that out. Um, He killed, I think, three people, and he's considered a serial killer. Like three separate incidents? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the Harp Brothers are considered America's, possibly America's first, like, old-timey serial killers. Um, If I had a name like that... I would never spoil it. Like, Harp? <laughs> That's such a cool last name. I know. For a long time, I thought they were saying the Hart Brothers, but it's Harp. H-A-R-P-E. Harp Brothers. It's a very cool name. It is a very... But unfortunately, they were 
outlaws and bad people. Ooh. I know, very sad. Um, so uh, they were actually big fans of King's Tavern, and they were regulars there. To the point where they would use King's Tavern as a place to pick out their victims. Oh, lovely! <laughs> lovely! So, um, so yeah, they would use the, um, the tavern as a way to pick out which victim they were going to have, pretty much. Which is bad juju. Kill. Is, yeah, kill, do whatever to, bad juju. Anyway, then that's as far as I'm really gonna go into the Hart Brothers, because again, I want to talk about them later on, so no spoilers. Um, but yeah, so that they were very big fans of the tavern, um, to the point where people now say that they haunt the tavern. <laughs> um, people have reported seeing a man in a top hat and very dark clothing, and, um, we, so they were, were they early 19th century or late 19th century? Early. Okay. Yeah, so I think I would, I I can't remember the date specifically, but I would guess either pre-Civil War or around the time of the Civil War. Okay. At a time when it was still a tavern. Yeah. Um, maybe shortly after the Civil War. That's a very broad time mm-hmm. span, but, you know, that's the one you're going to get for now. <laughs> so, yes, they um, supposedly are haunting the place, like I said. Uh, like I said, on the bottom floor in the tavern area... People have reported seeing a large man in black clothes and a black top hat, very old, tiny looking, just staring at them, which I would hate that absolutely, because I don't need old, tiny people staring at me, Mm-mm. much less if they're all dressed in black and probably a ghost. I don't you want know? anyone staring at me. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, people suspect that that's probably Big Harp. The older brother, that's what they call him, um, because he was the one who really liked the tavern the most, I think, between the two. So, um, yeah, he, he just sometimes shows up. There was an account that I heard that um, a patron, I think, was getting up to use the bathroom, and they saw this spirit, this guy in the black clothes and the black top hat, just standing there. and Just then, vibing. Just vibing, and then he rushed at the person apparently so like no, imagine you. <laughs> yeah imagine you're just chilling there and this ghost comes running at you i would hate that personally personally i would hate that personally <laughs> um so unfortunately like i said these two were bad mamma jammas um also on the bottom floor you can hear a baby crying frequently no and that is because no, thank you yeah um well that is because and this is the one known death of a child I found while researching. Um, Big Harp and Little Harp. He's Little Harp to me. I don't know his name. <laughs> um, they were at the restaurant and bar, you know, vibing, having their drink, looking for potential victims. And there was a baby and her mother. And the baby started crying a lot. And without saying anything, Big Harp got up, grabbed the baby by its ankles, and swung it against the wall. Oh my god. And killed it. (gasps) So, he was apparently also going to kill the mother, because it couldn't make the baby be quiet. She couldn't make the baby be quiet. Babies just be vibing. I know. But he was, like I said, this dude and his brother were, like, bad. With a capital B. Yikes. Like, bad. So, allegedly... The spirit of the baby also haunts the bottom floor. 
and you'll hear it crying and stuff like that, which is sad. It's tragic. It's very upsetting and also very creepy, I think. Um, but that's really the only, well, this next one is pretty tragic, but we'll get into that. But that's the only like one that actually like upset me and like made me sad. It was like the fact that this guy did it. So if he is haunting King's Tavern, I hope he's suffering while he's haunting it at least. I don't know how mm-hmm. ghosts work. I don't know if you suffer when you're a ghost, but I hope he's suffering. You know? Mm-hmm. it just be like that. So we've talked about all these ghost things. We've talked about all these spirits bopping around doing their thing. There is one ghost who is the most famous of the bunch. And she is the one who sort of got the ball rolling. She is the first recorded death in the King's Tavern building. Um, She is the one that uh, the first haunt will call her. She's the one that got everything started. Well, she's the the main event, the one that everyone knows. Um, also very near and dear to my heart because we happen to share a name, <gasps> spelling and everything. So I'm sure you guys have heard people refer to me as Madeline uh, throughout the you know episodes and stuff. I go by Maddie just because that's easier to spell and say. Um, but Madeline is my full name. And it's the French spelling, so there's three E's in there. The correct spelling. The correct spelling, I'm supposed to say. <laughs> um, but there is a ghost in King's Tavern called Madeline, spelled the same way. Uh, she was a very young woman at the time of her life. I think she was 16. Um, at the time, she she actually was the first bar maid of King's Tavern. And Mr. King, the, the initial owner... Um, wanted someone to take care of, of the bar, take care of drinks, take care of food, the restaurant, make sure everything was clean. Basically, like, a housekeeper, a bar person, a cook, a restaurant, waitress, a hostess, everything. Oh, my gosh. So he hired the 16-year-old <laughs> Madeline to do it, and she actually was very good at the job. She was very successful at what she did. Um, so to the point where Mr. King, you know, turned his attention towards her in a kind of bad way Ooh. that his wife did not like. Um, Mr. King would um, eventually start an affair with Madeline. Um, still, she I think she was like 16 or 17 at the time of this, which is very and creepy. He was and older. Like, he was older, much older. Um, I, I get At the time, it wasn't that weird because it was the 1700s. But the Thomas Jefferson School of Seduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But yeah, he he just um, did his thing, and they ended up having an affair. So when his wife found out, she was not a happy camper at all. So there are two stories to go along this. One is that. She actually was the one to kill Madeline herself, and she stabbed her with a dagger. The second one is that she hired two outlaws to stab Madeline with a dagger. Now, this dagger is a big deal because we can actually prove that it exists because people found it later on in the tavern. And I think there is a, um, there's someone in Natchez who currently owns it. I love the word dagger. Dagger. It's like a knife, but more pretentious. Yeah, I mean, this thing was a dagger, though. There's a picture online, like, of a newspaper clipping, and it's, like, 
y'all can't see, but I'm gesturing. It's like the de- the actual blade is like super long. Um, so like a forearm, kind of, yeah, like just wrist to elbow. A little bit shorter than that, but like around that same height. And then the 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 um hilt of it is very much like decorated and jewel. It was a Spanish dagger, so it was very nice. It was very fancy. Yeah, very fancy dagger. Um, and we'll get into that how that was found later on. But those are the two stories that people say either that Mrs. King killed her with a dagger, or she hired two outlaws to kill her with a dagger. Now, um, if the two outlaws story is true that would make this next part make more sense to me personally um so in the 1930s they the main fireplace in the actual tavern like bar area restaurant area collapsed in on itself so they started doing restorations for it and they found three skeletons hidden in a false wall behind the fireplace one skeleton had the dagger in its chest and it was female Ooh. the other two were male skeletons so the theory goes that this skeleton with the dagger in her is madeline and what people think happened is that the outlaws killed madeline and were trying to stuff her up into the chimney to get rid of the body which eventually it would be found, obviously, but maybe not because it took till the 1930s to find her. Um, the story goes that Mr. King came back right when they were trying to stuff her into the chimney and caught them, killed the two outlaws, and then buried everyone in the back of the fireplace and installed a false wall. So that's what people think, like, how those three got there. And again... We can confirm that this is real because the dagger is out in the world now. And so, like, the skeletons existed, basically, which is creepy. I wonder if there would be a way to do, like, DNA testing. I, ooh, that'd be interesting. To, like, absolutely prove it if they could find, it's been a while, but, like, descendants. Yeah, maybe they could find descendants. Um... I'm sure maybe of the outlaws. I don't think Madeline had any descendants other than maybe relatives and stuff like that. Like siblings? Yeah, that's true. Or whatever, or yeah. cousins? Maybe. I mean, I don't know where the skeletons are right now. They could be buried somewhere. But that might be good. That might could happen. Who knows? Um, so that's how Madeline was allegedly killed. And again, like I said, she was the first recorded sort of murder there. Um, so now she has become sort of like the, the main spirit at King's Tavern. And while we've talked about a lot of scary things, like people getting touched, people seeing children's legs and mirrors, you know, babies Mm. getting smashed into walls, creepy men running at you in the dark, Madeline is apparently a very playful, very friendly ghost. And she's sort of the one to keep everything else in check, you know? I think to me, she's sort of like, she hasn't stepped out of her hostess duties kind of is what still i gather yeah still the boss lady which we love to see um so yeah she is known to be very playful um she will take certain things and move them around so like an ashtray will be on the bar and that it'll be on a windowsill or like you know people think that she's the one that opened up the mini fridge behind the bar in that video she's just trying to get a coke <laughs> she's just trying to get a coke she's just trying to have a good time 
Um, there was one, I think he's an ex, he's a veteran. I think he's an ex Navy man who went to King's Tavern one time and he said that he saw Madeline just hanging out like in one of the rooms, just watching everybody, you know, mill around and enjoy their time. And he said that she seemed very composed and well put together. And like, of course he doesn't, I mean, she was dressed in like old fashioned, like 1700s mm-hmm. garb and then like he looked away one second and looked back and she was gone so that's why he thinks that it was madeline um let's see so madeline also happens to have a room at the tavern which is on Ooh. the third floor um because madeline when she was living was the hostess and she took care of everything going on in the tavern itself she stayed there um and that's where she basically lived her entire rest of her life um so she had a room on the third floor which was very not odd but very different from how most like servants were treated at the time so you can tell from that that she was very much like look up to and like Mm -hmm. valued pretty much she respected is the word that i'm looking for (laughs) um So she has a room and people who have stayed in the room when it was a bed and breakfast reported feeling very safe and secure and like getting the best sleep of their lives. Go Madeline. I know. We love Madeline. Um, This is why I have multiple friends. Um, the, uh, the current owner says that when he initially bought the tavern and he was doing renovations, he would stay in the tavern and that's, that was basically where he lived for like six months. And he said that he slept in Madeline's room and every single night he had the best sleep of his life. And he said that it felt like um, Madeline was just like rocking him back and forth and just like That's there to comfort him. It in is a way, creepy, but, but it's like, also sweet. <laughs> it's comforting, you know. I guess if I were to sleep in a ghost's room, I would pick Madeline's room because I mm-hmm. feel like we'd get along because we have the same yeah. name. So like, again, if you own the King's Tavern and you're listening, I'd love to <laughs> love to go see Madeline. Um, let's see, what else? But yeah, I mean, Madeline is sort of like, just like a cute little, cute little note that I I wanted to end on, because she is the most famous ghost in the tavern. Um, the dagger is currently, I think, the main symbol of the tavern, because it's, it's kind of famous, the, the Spanish dagger found behind the fireplace, um, and of course the skeletons to go along with it. But... Madeline is sort of the one, like I said, that got it started, that is the one that's the most active, and she's been the ghost, a ghost the longest, so I think she would have, I don't know what the ghost hierarchies are, but I figure if you've been a ghost the longest, you probably have a lot of the power around the place. If she was also doing the household, running it, like, mm-hmm. before she died. Mm-hmm. That, like, reminds me in, I'm going back to New Orleans, but that's just because I've been there a lot, but there's, um... The Andrew Jackson Hotel in the French Quarter, mm-hmm. apparently there are two maids that worked there and they loved working there so much that they were, they continue to work there after they died. Um, and apparently like they'll go in and they'll fold your clothes for you and they'll move furniture around your room <laughs> and like fix all your toiletries so it can be in the quote unquote right way. Aww, so that, that's, that's kind of what I imagine Madeline would probably do if people still stayed there is just like take care of people yeah so anyway that's king's tavern what did you think um go madeline go madeline (laughs) we don't like babies being smashed against walls no we don't the harp brothers can just go smash themselves against a wall yeah they need to go away 
Um, anyways, that that's it. Thank you, Phoebe, for being here. Thanks for having me on. I've been bucking her since she, like, started the podcast. Phoebe was, like, <laughs> has been on my list to be on here for, like, months and months and months since, like, I first started this. And we just haven't had time to do it. Yeah, we're at different schools, so <laughs> it makes coordinating hard. I know. It's stressful. But here we are. Here I'm we glad are. we finally yes. made it happen. Um, okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify. I don't know if you can leave reviews on Spotify. Never mind. Listen to it on Spotify. Listen to it on Spotify. Um, just leave a review. Tell us what you thought. Um, you know, even if you didn't like it, I'd love some constructive criticism. That'd be great. Um, follow the Twitter. That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast. Like I said, for any updates, clues, posts, anything. Oh, we also have an Instagram. I just remembered. (laughs) We have an Instagram. It's also H-H-Y-H-A podcast. I'm a little bit not as frequent over there, but I do try my best to post like, like, um, pictures of clues and like updates there as well. So if you're on Instagram, definitely check that out. Um, check out our merch store. Like I said, all proceeds go to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They're really great over there. I love them. I got a letter from them just thanking them for donations in the past recently, and it's so cute. It's so cute. And they do some great work over there, too. So definitely try to support them, buy some merch, you know. It's whatever. Also, check out the Patreon if you like what you heard and you want to directly support me. That would be wonderful. Um, It would help me out a lot. I love it. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying, like, as... It goes on. I think I want to add, like, a live stream element Ooh. to the podcast, but I need to figure out how to do that as well as equipment. <laughs> so that's where you can help me with the Patreon. I think that's everything I want to say. I want to say that's everything. Anyways, thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye.